0: Welcome to the Overly Human Podcast, where we discuss all things human in the workplace. Because it's not just business, it's personal too.
1: One of the things that I was pretty unprepared for in business when I was first getting started almost 15 years ago um, running my company was how important it would be to have tough conversations and to give bad news. And that's something that I think that is so important for so many of us to do well. And there's so many great models for this, but this is an important topic right now because of a couple things. One, we're at the beginning of the year, and this is a great time to look at our vision and our goals and to make sure we have alignment on our team. It's also a lot of the time of the year when annual reviews or biannual reviews are going on, and that all important critical feedback has to be there so that we can provide the good growth mechanism for our peers and people that work with us and for us and all of that. The other part, unfortunately, is the current business climate that we live in. Um, There is, if you're watching the news, tons of reports of giant companies doing layoffs. And having been through some of that, you know, there is no harder conversation than you may have for the person receiving it, then the final conversation. And I think that when we talk about these things, I really, really like the radical candor model, the idea that you need to both care pers- personally and challenge directly to make sure that what you're communicating can be heard, not at your lips, but at the listener's ear. Good morning, Tracy. How are you?
0: Good. Good morning to you, too. This is a great topic. It's, it's timely. Uh, I know that it's something that all people struggle with is having difficult conversations because it feels uncomfortable. It fe- you're not sure of how the other person's going to react. Nobody likes delivering bad news. Everybody likes delivering good news. Some people are good at it. Um, because they've had to do it often or because they're just, you know, have really doubled down on learning how to communicate or using a model like you just pointed out, radical candor. Um, But for many, many leaders, this is a struggle and it trips them up and it makes them panicky and anxious. And, um, you know, I think it's, a, it's an important thing to talk about and we can kind of ease the pain a little bit if we learn to just do a few things well and prepare well for these types of conversations.
1: Yeah. And I think that there's a really important thing that I think we want to bring up immediately is these conversations are rarely any fun. <laughs> they're right. not fun. They're not easy. And no matter how good you get at the skill of delivering hard news, bad news, constructive feedback, radical candor, whatever we want to call it, you still won't enjoy it.
0: Right. <laughs> this- well, and that's and that's something we hope people feel because oftentimes not oftentimes, every once in a blue moon, you're gonna hear somebody who says, Oh, I don't it doesn't bother me. You know, I'm 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 fine doing it. You know, it's, it's, it's not a big deal. And that always gives me a little bit of pause. You know, it's okay to say I have figured it out, but it speaks to our empathy level when we are able to say it's uncomfortable and I, it's not fun because that means we are putting ourselves in the recipient's shoes. Yeah. And as leaders, that's the first step. You know, or even coworkers that we have to hold each other accountable. You know, we always need to deliver feedback and match where that person is. And you can't match where that person is if you don't have a strong empathy meter.
1: Yeah. And that's super important. So let's divide this conversation up into two parts, I think. One, let's talk about how to give. You know, bad news, hard news, hard feedback, and all of that. Um, and then secondly, let's talk a little bit about what it's like to give, uh, I'll refer to it as final news, okay? because I think those are two very different situations. And even the patterns and the way we structure that feedback has to be different to care for that human well. So let's start with the, hey, we're going to give some hard news, bad news, you know, tough feedback to somebody. Like, you know, how do you coach people? What are what are your steps here, Tracy?
0: Well, I think when I'm talking to and coaching people on the individual experience, we'll start there, just between the two people, the one who's giving the news and the one who's receiving the news. I think that, you know, we always want to say, don't deliver the shit sandwich, don't like try to make yourself feel better, or try to make it less scary by you know, showering positive feedback all over the more negative or constructive criticism that you have to give. Um, You know, research shows that it's not that people feel better when you do that. It's that they don't hear the negative feedback. They don't hear the constructive criticism. All they hear is the positive feedback and they hold on to that. Mm -hmm. You should be giving positive feedback all the time, organically, in the moment, you know, not just waiting for reviews. So positive feedback should feel like a norm, so much so that you don't have to go into this hard conversation showering the person with positive feedback. And if you're talking to somebody who rarely gets positive feedback, either from their teammates or from you, that's a problem, right? So, you know, sometimes there are team players that either aren't in the right seat or shouldn't be on the bus at all. So, you know, assuming we're talking about people we want to keep on the bus, you know, we really want to come prepared. We really want to make sure we've done our homework, that we have specific instances and examples because that's where employees get really frustrated Mm -hmm. is that... They say, okay, I hear you. Can you give me an example? And you just sit there and stare. Or you say, well, I just heard it from a few people. Or I don't know, it's word on the street. That, what, you know, you just can't do that. You have to do your research, do your homework, make sure that the feedback is, is not a one-off or just a personality conflict with one other teammate, that this is actually an issue, And if you've done your homework, you're going to have examples if it really is an issue. And so you want to make sure the feedback is clear. There's examples. And then you're painting a picture of where the person needs to go. So you're not just leaving them with the feedback, but you're showing them the way, the way to success. So you say, this is what success looks like. This is how... You know, this is what you clearly need to work on. This is how we can come alongside you and help you work on these things. You know, so you're not just delivering, but you're mentoring and you're coaching the person so that they're clear on the path to get there. So they leave hopeful. They leave like they have a a set of uh, steps, action steps ahead of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, it goes back to this whole idea of, you know, no one will care. How much you know until they know how much you care, right? Like you have Mm -hmm. to show up for them, and those kind of things, those relationships and those moments are often defined not just by those giving bad news meetings or instances or feedback times. It's the things done up before them that set the stage for those things to go well. Yes, and one of the key things that I find is making sure I understand, depending on the level of bad news and how it, you know, what what has to be communicated is. How that human wants to be communicated with and what my expectations are for that time to talk to them. There are people that I've worked with over the years that I know if I start a conversation and just drop a bunch of new things onto them, then they're not going to give me anything in that meeting. (laughs) That's it. Mm -hmm. They're going to shut down because they have to process. Um, And some of those individuals, depending, like I said, depending on what the news is, like... You can see that. You can say, "Hey, we got to talk about some hard things. Here's the hard things we got to talk about. Here's the things that here's why we need to have this conversation. I'd like you to show up at this time and be prepared to talk about this." So, that's something that I think goes a long way is meeting people where they are and making sure that you're not expecting them to act out of character, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think to just to add to that because that's those are excellent points is also you know, a, a while back I I read this quote that um, when you're giving feedback, and I'm not sure who said it, so apologies there, but um, something to the effect that make sure your tone and demeanor match the person you're talking to, not your mood. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it stuck with me is because some people will you know, try to overcompensate by being super perky or will try to be like dour because they're upset with the person or, you know, but they're not meeting the person where they are. And again, this goes to what you're saying is, you know, we need to, it doesn't matter what you're delivering if you're not heard. And so we have to make sure that the person sitting across from us is hearing us, that they haven't like, they're not so distracted by our tone Or, you know, the fact that we're not meeting them where they are, that we're not showing that we care and that, you know, we're empathetic and authentic. Um, And so, you know, that's where sort of like, it's almost like when we talk about executive presence, when you're kind of delivering on on stage or in front of the team, this is more like, what is your presence in the one-on-one feedback moment? Um, And I think, you know, not a lot of people think about that. Like, how am I coming across? What is my tone? What does my body language look like? Am I making eye contact? Am I really, you know, matching them where they are? You know, if they start to get upset to say, you know, to say, I get it. You know, I get that this doesn't feel good. I've been there before. I remember, you know, last time I had to get hard feedback, you know, and, and, and walking through the experience with them. Yeah. And I think, you know, it takes us as, you know, leaders or, you know, just being in the workplace in general to take a pause and do some self-awareness work it, when it comes to having to deliver news.
1: Yeah, it absolutely does. And I think that there's a lot of danger not doing that is, you know, you kind of mentioned the the poop sandwich kind of way to give news, mm-hmm. no. you know, but like you have to be so careful when you use strategies that aren't clearly communicating and you're trying to wrap things up because you're borderline on manipulation. And there are so many people that if they start feeling manipulated, will ignore all of the news you have to give and everything Mm. you have to say. They'll make that about what you're doing to them in that moment. And you have to let the news and the conversation you're having be the star Right, like you are helping them get to a place where they can hear that feedback in a way where they can interpret and do something with it. Because you know, like we previously said, this is not the final conversation, right? This is a conversation where you're helping somebody grow and get there and hear something. And what that means is, is you got to, like you said, you got to go with that journey on them. You're trying not not to manipulate them, and you got to give them a path, right? And Sometimes you also got to be able prepared to hear what they have to say like part yeah. of these hard conversations at least in my experience has been there's some listening involved a lot of listening oh a
0: lot <laughs> if you don't give the the person a chance to respond and also you know this is why I I love the book thanks for the feedback is because it it really is teaching us how to receive feedback you know there's often we're talking so much about giving feedback but there is also so much self-awareness in how we receive feedback, you know. And, I- and even if you don't have a negative reaction in the moment, and but if your mind is spinning and you you kind of walk off and you're like, you know, it's keeping you up at night because you're like, you know, so to avoid those things in the moment, we need to make sure that we're receiving the feedback well and often not, you know, sometimes people can say, okay, I hear you. I get that I'm not performing well in this area, but you know, you said you were going to help me do X, Y, and Z and you never did. And I tried to approach you and you didn't respond and I get you're busy and you're traveling and all those things, but I've been trying to piece it all together on my own, Yeah, you know? And, and so when we hear feedback like that, we have to stop and say, okay, what, part of this do I need to take ownership of? You know, I, you're telling me something I didn't actually think of, and that's fair. And so, okay, let's, let's leave with not just action steps for you, but action steps for me. And, you know, I think that that is a very mature (laughs) and emotionally intelligent way to have a conversation.
1: Well, it's that time again where we thank our sponsor, the Bureau of Digital, a community of digital makers that all get together and share and support each other. And today we have a special treat. Carl, the head of the Bureau, is here with us. Hey, Carl. Hey, everybody. Thank you for having me be on the show. You know, we don't sponsor any other podcasts. And when I listened to what y'all were doing, I was like, we need to support them. We need to find a way that we can help. So I was like, ah, we'll be a sponsor. Yeah, we really do appreciate it. And if you have any questions, check out BureauofDigital.com. The 2023 event schedule is up and live. And a big change for this year is if you join and become a member, all of the online events are included. And there's some really good ones. You don't want to miss out. So don't wait. Visit BureauofDigital.com.
0: I think the other thing I I'd say about this, and this, you know, probably speaks to also when we pivot to the final news is I, when I'm coaching people, especially leaders and business owners, I I say, you know, some of how this person is going to receive feedback is dependent on how your culture is today and what you have done as a leader and what your leadership team has done as far as setting the stage for feedback in general. what is What do people know about feedback on your team? What do they know about your company in regards to how, how we care um, about feedback? Are we a culture of feedback? And so whenever you're having a town hall or a team meeting or you're bringing the whole group together to not just p- talking about mission, vision, sales, profits, or whatever, but also talking about, hey, Just as a reminder, you know, whether it's reviews are coming up or we're looking, you know, it's the beginning of the year and we like to sort of look at people's performance. And and you know what? We are a culture that values feedback, welcomes feedback, but we also watch how we deliver it. We Mm -hmm. deliver it respectfully, but clearly. We don't mince words. We're not going to shower you with a a bunch of positive things um, so that you don't hear what you need to work on. We're going to be as crystal clear as we can possibly be. You know, do our research, make sure we have our T's crossed and I's dotted. Um, But we as a team have committed to this, so we hope you're on board. We hope that when you're receiving it, you know you're not alone. Everybody receives feedback. We all need to grow The leaders are growing. Um, The leaders want feedback. This is an open culture and accepting culture when it comes to constructive criticism and and growing together. Now, we can always go back to Patrick Lencioni and say one thing we don't want is unhealthy conflict. Mm -hmm. So aggressive feedback, disrespectful feedback, impatient feedback in the moment without doing your research to see what's true and not true is not acceptable nor is artificial harmony, nor is blowing it off, not talking about it, letting it build, um, you know, letting the wound get irritated. That's not acceptable either. And I, I mean, we're talking a few minutes in front of the team saying this. The, the rewards and the benefits of that are just endless.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think the other thing with that whole culture is, depending on the type of conversation people will remember and instantly flash back to the time when it wasn't done well in your organization. Yep. Mm-hmm. They may not remember the dozen of times it was done well, but if there's once in their memory bank where this wasn't done well, that's where they're going to go. And you have to be careful of that because that's what fear, fear is a fear is mm. a thing that people have. And so you have to be able to be intentional often and always for that consistency piece. Um, The other thing that I think I just kind of like to close with them for in this section is I think it's really important when we give feedback to focus on impact and not intent on somebody. Mm -hmm. And your impact was this, this is how you made somebody else feel. This is what the impact of what you did instead of saying, well, you're just this way, or you intended this, because I think That separation is really important for people to be able to hear and to make sense of, okay, I didn't intend it that way, but that's the way it was interpreted, or this is the impact that it had. People can do something about and making sure they make that connection.
0: Yeah. No, that's good. Hi, Overly Human friends. It's Tracy. And if you haven't heard, I wrote a book. It's called What If There's More? Finding Significance Beyond Success and it's out right now. If you're thinking about a career pivot, following your dream, or just falling back in love with what you do, I think this book is for you. And if you like it, please go and leave me a review. Happy reading.
1: So, okay, let's transition to final news. Um, And this is often, you know, one of the very last conversations that you might have in a, professional setting with somebody, right? Um, And these meetings are even less fun than the previous meetings we had where we're giving feedback to move somewhere. But this final news is a little bit different, in my opinion. Um, You know, in former life, I've been involved with these conversations several times, and I know you have as well. And I can tell you that, you know, you have to be clear and concise and quick when getting to the point. Because in my experience, as soon as somebody actually internalizes and realizes what's happening, they don't hear anything else.
0: Yeah. It's true. Their minds start spinning. And, and you know, there's, there's different types of final conversations. There's firing. There's layoffs, right? And there's even people quitting, Right. Mm -hmm. So when people quit, we're kind of receiving that and, you know, the whole making sure people leave well and exit well, because the whole boomerang effect and also just keeping relationships um, strong is important. But the layoffs, you know, it it's really hard to hear that you were chosen Mm -hmm. to be part of the group that needs to leave as opposed to being chosen to be on the team that gets to stay. And when we are able to have empathy, it's like, you know, when you're chosen last for, you know, for the kickball team, (laughs) when you're in the seventh grade, right? It sucks. Um, or you're not chosen for the team at all. Um, you know, I know that we're adults now, but that pain is still real. And on top of that, you have everything else that goes with it, the, your livelihood, the way you're going to pay your bills, your health insurance, the, all the things. And so we have sort of the human emotional, you know, sting. And then we have sort of the, oh, my goodness, we're losing safety and security sting, And so I say all this because, again, we lead with empathy. We have to put ourselves in that person's shoes. And, you know, even if we're like, oh, they've got plenty of money, they'll be fine, or there's tons of opportunities out there, or whatever we want to say to ourselves, it still doesn't matter. It still hurts. It still stings. And so, you know, we want to make sure on one hand that we have that empathy and we're able to meet them where they are, but... On the other hand, we want to make sure that that doesn't deter us from being clear and direct and getting all the information out um, in a way that's really understandable, that makes sense to them, um, that there's a reason behind, you know, why we as a company are making this decision with the layoffs and, you know, all the things. So, so yeah, there's, it's, it's difficult. I've been there. And it is really, um, a hard thing to balance, but you want to make sure that there is empathy and caring in your voice and intelligence and competence in your delivery of information.
1: Yeah. Cause the worst thing in these conversations is for that person not to understand what's being said. Um, I remember an instance, uh, much earlier in my career, um, one of the first times I had to go through and give this kind of news. And it occurred to me five, 10 minutes into the conversation that this person didn't realize what was happening. And the panic that I hadn't communicated well and that they didn't get it. And I was going to have to do it again, more bluntly, like in that same moment was was awful.
0: That's I, and and you know I think that's why you led with be direct, make <laughs> make sure you're because you've had that experience and you know that ten minutes in you're like that well this is awkward,
1: <laughs>
0: like, yeah. like this person's mind is in a completely different location than where mine is, and so um, there's so much you know. Value in what you just said and, and getting to the point um, and, and making sure they understand the purpose of this conversation. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's respect, really, when you think about it. It's really being respectful when we say right up front, I know this is hard, it totally sucks, but I've got some bad news that I need to, you know. And, and really just being up front, and clear. And, and people appreciate that.
1: And I think that's a, like, if you're new to this, that's such a great way to set the stage on either one of these conversations is we need to have a hard conversation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Yeah. Because you're making it really clear and that person all of a sudden isn't listening for the positives. They're listening for the hard thing. You've clued in, you've give you're foreshadowing what comes next in a way that yeah. can't be misinterpreted.
0: Right. I think the other thing, too, is, you know, when we were talking about just feedback in general, we talked about listening and being heard. I think, you know, when it comes to layoffs, you know, it's very important, you know, respectfully and also legally to get all the right bullet points out and make sure that you're saying all the right things. And once you get through all the right things, you know, the things you're supposed to say and the the legalities and all of those things um then you you need to give space to that person. And some people are going to have a lot of questions, some people are going to be mad, some people are going to cry, some people aren't going to say anything because they don't want to cry and they want to get the hell out of your office <laughs> or off the phone or off the zoom or whatever. So that's okay too, you know. And when you have somebody where you can tell there's whether they're holding in their anger or they're they're holding in their emotion, um, to just say, I totally get it. There's lots of feelings. I want to give you the space to go and process. And then what I'd like to do is touch base when you're ready. So you just shoot me off an email or a text, and we will hop back on and go through all your questions. Um, I think that's a nice little gift to give somebody who just needs to go somewhere and take a breath. And- then they're ready to come back with more of a dialogue. Because some people will be expecting news like this and other people will not be expecting it at all. And they will be completely blindsided. Now, this isn't a layoff because even if the the team knows layoffs are coming, what I've found is that some people have convinced themselves in their mind for whatever reason that they couldn't possibly be one of the people on that list and you usually have at least one person that is like, are you kidding me? Like I did not, I thought you would have taken Johnny, Susie and Sally long before you took me and you have all your reasons, but that those people that feel blindsided are going to have either a very strong reaction coming back at you or they are going to be holding it all in and need a moment. Mm-hmm. And, to To gather their thoughts.
1: And, you know, rightly or wrongly, fair or not, you um, are the deliverer of that hard and bad news. And, you know, even if it wasn't your decisions, which I've been in that situation where I was given a list for team members that I was going to talk to. And, you know, part of the showing up and doing that particular job was taking that heat. Being the, being the bad guy for them.
0: Yep. Yep. And I think that leaders have to be very careful when they're doing layoffs and somebody is venting back or having a reaction that you don't get this sort of weird tit for tat, where you start addressing all the things that come out of their mouth. Because most people, when they're having an emotional reaction, don't even know what's coming out of their mouth. Yeah. So you just need to you know, just kind of shake your head and meet them where they are and say, I know this is hard, you know, I know this sucks, you know, I hear you, I hear you, you know, only like just that, meeting them where they are, but don't be like, well, wait a second, but on Tuesday of, you know, last month, you, you know, don't, don't go there. Yeah,
1: it's, a, just, it's the ultimate dragged it moment, right? Just the facts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just the facts, right, right. Yeah. yeah, and you're going to be tempted because I've had people, you know, and, you know, definitely in firing situations, not layoff situations that, you know, they're like, but what, you know, what about this? And, da, da, da. and you know, and it's tempting to be like, well, well, wait a second, you know, and start to, re- but the deed is done. Yeah. The person is no longer going to be part of the company. So you have to kind of take the high road. When the emotions start to go off the rails and also say, okay, maybe we just need to take a little break and catch our breath and and come back together and and process through the rest of the details. But if you need a a moment, we can take a break here.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of the gifts that somebody once told me to say is like if somebody starts reacting real emotionally and saying things to be like, hey, why don't we wrap this meeting up before anybody says something that they won't be able to take back and let's reconvene right? That's a yep. gift you can give somebody.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. And some people might not appreciate that in the moment, but they will later. Yeah, They'll look back and they'll be like, okay, yeah, that was good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that I was able to catch my breath and that I was able, you know, to, to take a little time because, you know, he was probably right. I probably would have said something I regret. Um, so you have to do, you know, if they're like, no, no, I want to keep, you just say, trust me, trust me on this. Yeah. You know? We're going to take a little bit of a, of a break here and we'll, we'll come back. I promise we'll, we'll come back together.
1: Stuff's never easy, Tracy.
0: Never easy. That's why they call them hard conversations yeah. <laughs> because they're, they're hard. Um, but we can do the work to make it so it's not such a scary experience. It will always be hard, but we don't need it to be riddled with anxiety and fear. We can just know that this is the tough part of the job. You know, there's lots of hard parts about being a leader, and this is definitely one of them. But, you know, this is why I always say you're not born a leader, you're made a leader. You, It's a skill just like any other skill you're honing. This is another skill that you have to hone. If you think that practice makes perfect. It's not really practice makes perfect. It's really, really having self-awareness and really understanding the skill around these types of conversations.
1: Yeah, the intention behind them. Yep. Because if you have to practice to get good at this stuff, I'm not sure I want that practice. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, and for some of us, this might be a very rare once in a couple years, kind of, you know, a few years conversation. And so you better dust off your skill set before you hop into this and make sure, you know.
1: Well, because the people you're talking to, the human on this side of the conversation will remember it forever.
0: Yes. yes. That's
1: why it's so important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. That's true.
1: All right. Thanks, Tracy.
0: Thank you. The Overly Human Podcast is brought to you by Navigate the Journey and Sparkbox. For more information on this podcast, Or to get in touch with Tracy or Rob, go to OverlyHuman.com. If you like what you've heard, subscribe and tell your friends to listen. Thanks.